0: Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message My first trip to Oregon. Yeah, yeah, and so I flew in here Friday night, didn't see a lot in the evening, and let me tell you, there is a difference in the time. I'm learning that. Uh, I keep waking up at four o'clock in the morning. Because it's 7 o'clock where I live. But uh, about 50, believe that this is tough, uh, some of you are going to have trouble believing this in fact, but uh, a son of a pastor, okay, my, my father pastored almost 65 years, and uh, 50, over 50 years ago I was ordained, licensed to the ministry at the age of 15 and a half. They needed pastors in southern Illinois pretty badly. And I pastored a little country church. In fact, when the call came in from uh, those two deacons, they were twin deacons at Homburg Missionary Baptist Church, um, they were calling my dad, and I was standing by the telephone. It was like you see on Mayberry, you know, the, the line on the wall, and, and my dad's talking. So they'll give you a, a picture there, a word picture anyway, and, and they kept saying, don't you know anyone, D?" Dee? My father's name was D, and, and they, he said, no, I don't know anyone who could supply preach for two weeks. And I'm standing there going, I could. Here am I, send me, yeah. you know? And he said, no, no, they, they don't want a teenager. And, and the deacon on the other line said, we'll take him, send him out. <laughs> and two weeks turned into two and a half years. And what a wonderful thing that was for me to, as a young high school, my mom, I wasn't even old enough to drive myself there. So my mom would drop me off for the first six months and then leave me there for the whole time. And my football coach loved it because I was eating corn, bed, uh, corn fed beef and I gained 60 pounds between my sophomore and junior year. And my football coach said, keep, keep letting him go out there. Agape Flights, you're going to learn a lot at the close uh, of this message. You're going to learn a lot about Agape Flights and the meaning and all that. But I want you to know from my heart uh, and the, the heart of the staff and the heart of our crew or our volunteers, we have, we have 11 on staff now, um, plus myself. We have about 120 volunteers on a weekly basis that supply... Uh, the mission partners throughout the Bahamas, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and now Cuba. Uh, we've, we've been approved this year for eight flights into Cuba. We're excited about returning back to Cuba. But last year, 70 fly, 75 mission flights. This year, 95 mission flights. And that does not ever include our disaster relief flights. We come alongside and we do everything for them that they need us to do so that they can then in fact share the unconditional love of jesus christ the gospel this morning if you have your bibles i want you to turn with me uh, and you'll have it up here too but to romans chapter 12 and this was a part of my assignment i am so happy that that i finally got to meet arlene and i get to meet pastor daniel and libby and, and we're praying for for pastor darren as he is on mission right now but you all here today i want us to think about this theme all for one and one for all and my assignment was verse verses four and five of chapter 12 now have you ever wondered how many parts there are in the human body Well, fear not. The American Association of uh, Anatomists explains that there are more than 7,500 named human body parts. That list includes dozens of organs. There are more than 200 bones in our body. There are hundreds of muscles and nerves and, and blood vessels and microscopic structures in the body. Okay, with that in mind, let me ask you a question. And if you could be any one of those 7,500 parts, which one would you be? And I want you to turn your neighbor and tell them what that would be, okay? Go ahead and do that. It's okay. What body part would you be? Would you be an eye? Would you be the spinal cord? Would you be a blood cell? Would you be the spleen? Well, let me suggest, at least for this morning, I want you to imagine yourself as the big toe. Okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the big toe. Now, I, I, I know that, that I really risked the, uh, the problem now of you thinking constantly about being the big toe during this message, but... It probably, no one probably said, I want to be the big toe when you talked to your neighbor a while ago, but humor me, okay? So what is life like for a big toe? How do you see the world? For, for what do you really live? Well, keep this image in your mind and these questions, and let's look at the passage, Because we're focusing this morning on Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. And let's listen to the verses this morning as we begin this reading. Think about how they speak to you as a big toe. Okay? Here we go. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another in these verses paul paul is explaining for the romans something about their identity as the church as the people of god now there are actually a number of aspects to this analogy so let's look at at three of those aspects we can't really look at all of them, but but as we do, I hope you will consider what God wants to teach you as a big toe about your identity. So first of all, the analogy tells us and, and really teaches all of us something about your incarnate identity. Do you see that that Paul said in the first part of verse 5, if you look at this, as a big toe, you are not simply part of just any body, you are part of one body in Christ, but what exactly does that mean? You see, one of the wonderful things about Paul's anatomical analogy is that it, it is not the only place that Paul uses this analogy. Paul uses it over in Ephesians chapter 4. He talks about this to explain the diversity and the unity within the body, within the church. But then the apostles' most extensive treatment is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's in that chapter that Paul gives us more details about what it means to be one body in Christ. Listen to the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians. He says, for just as the body is one and it has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And then in verse 27, he says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So when Paul states that we are one body in Christ, he is saying that we were one as the body of christ you are not simply a big toe you are a big toe in the body of christ and when i think about that this is this is our incarnate identity you are of course not the actual big toe of jesus resurrected glorified body scripture tells us that 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 God raised and transformed human body is now at the right hand of God in heaven. But, but just as God the Son took on flesh, incarnate, and was born in a manger, born of a virgin, was manifested into this world in the person of Jesus, so too is Jesus now manifested in the world through His church. Us. Us. Therefore, as one of Christ's big toes, you have a glorious calling and you have a tremendous responsibility. Your purpose as his big toe is as big as God's purpose, I believe, of the redemption and the transformation and life through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And that's not talking about heaven. That's talking about here and now. So there's more, though. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 4 and 5, Paul also wants us to grasp not only our incarnate identity, but he wants us to grasp our interdependent identity. Look at verse 5. Remember what Paul said. He explained at the end of verse 5 that even though there are 7,500 different parts of the human body, though we are very diverse, though we are many, that's the word that Paul used as God's people, we are still individually members one of another. All of the parts of the human body are interconnected, aren't they? Yeah, some of you were looking at me really spiritual there for a minute. <laughs> They're all connected. Aren't you glad they are? That's, that's amazing. I, I don't walk down the street with my disconnected ear or fingers or appendix rolling you know, five feet behind me. That would be atrocious, wouldn't it? I mean, every part is connected and interconnected in the body of Christ. Let's go back to the scripture. That's that's where I see Paul expanding on the significance of this. He said in, in chapter 12, verses 21, and then verses 24 through 26 of 1 Corinthians, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But God has so composed the body that there, are, there, there may be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. In verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Your life as a big toe ultimately makes sense as a part of the whole. This is obvious from the simple fact that you would know something is wrong if you saw a big toe laying on the road. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is clear in the implications Paul wants his readers to draw something here from this analogy, and they must acknowledge and embrace the reality of our life together. You see, while I may be from this southwest portion of florida now and live um, really close to the gulf of mexico and never really get this kind of cold weather (laughs) although it's been really cold in florida the last six weeks we're wondering what in the world is going on for the first time in almost 14 years my wife and i turned the heat on in our house (laughs) we didn't even know we had heat Now, trust me, if you saw my air conditioning bill, you would know that we use the air conditioner quite often. But, but isn't it amazing how a church in Roseburg, Oregon, could be connected to an aviation missions ministry in Venice, Florida, and support that ministry for years, and to be a part of that together? Why? Because we are one body. We are one, and we should acknowledge and embrace the reality of our life together. I I want you to turn to your neighbor again and say, I need you. And I want to turn to you and say, Agape Flights need you. Our missionaries need you. They need the body of Christ. your, Your healthiness as a big toe is directly connected to the healthiness of the rest of the body. Now I'm going to use even a further analogy of this big toe on my right foot. I don't know if any of you in this room have ever suffered from a medical condition called gout. But I have. And let me tell you, when I first heard about gout, in fact, was when that right big toe swelled up, looked like it was broken, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor, my my. Uh, primary care physician who's been my primary care for several years now and he started laughing because I thought my toe was broken and he said Alan you have gout and I said what's gout he said well gout used to be called the rich man's disease and I said well that's wrong then there ain't nothing rich about me. He said, no, it was given that name because people would eat beef and eat a lot of things. you know. And, and, and I said, but Doc, can you do anything for that? And he said, just give it a little time. It'll go away, hopefully. And I said, that's not very encouraging. <laughs> he did give me a little pill. And, and, and fortunately, as it, it took hold a little bit, the gout went away. And I've had to learn that which I can eat and that which I cannot eat. But gout can devastate you. It can, it can swell up so much that you can't put your shoe on. It, it, it makes you feel like your bones are, are broken. You see, your healthiness as a big toe is directly connected to the healthiness of the rest of the body. And in the same way, your spiritual healthiness is directly tied to the healthiness of this faith family. That's why Paul begins this discussion in Romans chapter 12. Back to our original passage in verse 3, he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. When I think too highly of myself, more highly than I ought to think, I am like that I who says to the other parts of the the rest of the body, I have no need of you. If by God's grace, through faith in Jesus, you have become one of God's children, then your life with his faith family cannot be one of interdependence, but excuse me, one of independence, but one of interdependence. We've all seen those rogue Christians sometimes who don't think they should have any connectivity but should be out there on their own. Just listen, we need each other. We have to have each other. When people say to me, well, you know, I can just be out on a lake and worship God or I can be on a golf course and worship God. I'm sure you can. But you know what? It's kind of hard to hug that golf club. It's kind of hard to hug that fishing pole. I need the fellowship of God's people. I need the encouragement of God's people. I need that interdependence. And so notice, if you will, that Paul also wants you as a big toe to understand something about your individual identity. Go back to verse 4, if you will, because it said, he said, For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function. Everybody turn it on now and listen, because this is going to be enlightening to some of us here today. It is absolutely critical that we embrace our interconnectedness with God's people, that you embrace the role that God wants the church to have in your life. But it is also critical you understand something about your distinctiveness within the body to understand that every single part matters because every single part has an important function. Again, Paul explains this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Listen to what he says in verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that, that would make not, not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing if the whole body were an ear where would be the sense of smell but as it is god arranged the members and the body each one of them as he chose ephesians drives home the exact same point because in ephesians it says rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly. That's a key word. Makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There it is. There it is. The healthiness of the body, the growth of the body depends on each individual part functioning as it was designed to function all of us need to be the you that God made you to be to be the big toe you remember I asked you to be the big toe today okay for his work in and through our church family we have to function in the in the in the the gifts and the abilities that god has given us for the good of the body again look at romans chapter 12 verse 6 having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them if prophecy in in, in in proportion to our faith if service in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. In fact, these gifts are an essential part of the discussion in all three analogies of Paul's body analogy that he gives us in those passages. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. Every blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled follower of Jesus has been given spiritual gift or gifts. So within the church family, we find a variety of gifts, acts of service, ministry activities. Those are manifestations of God's Spirit living in us. Amen? That's that's God coming out of us in in the giftedness that He has given us. Does this, though, passage contain an exhaustive list of gifts or service or even activities? I don't think so. Paul's point is to drive home the reality of diversity in the body, not necessarily catalog all the ways that the Spirit works through us. But he does work through us, doesn't he? Isn't that amazing? So whether you know or not, he works through you. That's his working. He works through you, the big toe. He works through you for the common good of God's people. I I found this statement about the big toe, so I'm going to encourage you about this. The writer states this, the big toe carries the most weight of all the toes. This is going to be an encouragement if you'll let it be. It bears about 40% of the load. The big toe is almost the last part of the foot To push off the ground before taking the next step. A nine-toed gait is less efficient. It is slower and it is shorter. Yeah, some of you really look happy right now. (laughs) I want you to get my point though. The big toe matters. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you matter. Each one of us matters in the faith family. And so what do you think now about being the big toe? Did you, did you see how important you are in the family of God? Do you understand how God wants to use you? Do you recognize that you are needed and that you are needed? Every other part of the body is needed so that we jointly we fit together well. Now let's be let's be really clear. As you think about this amazing analogy in Scripture as a follower of Jesus, I'm going to make a statement as a pastor that you've probably not heard too many times by a pastor, but you do not need to pray about this. God makes me a part of your body, or God, you know, make me a part of your body. God, please give me a spiritual gift. That's already happened, ladies and gentlemen. So if you belong to Christ through faith, then you already belong to the body of Christ, right? Okay? Now look what Paul said. I'm going to go back to the scripture because that's, that's really our authority. For in one spirit, verse 13, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. The moment you and I were redeemed and the spirit of God filled you and baptized you into the death and the resurrection of Jesus and covered you with the pure white robe of Christ's perfection the moment you became a new creation by grace through faith it is the very moment you were spiritually baptized into the body of Christ and it's the moment you received whatever spiritual gift or gifts God wanted to give you it's the moment he equipped you for your specific and special role among God's people and Every one of us have those gift or gifts. And so if you're a Christian, the biggest struggle does not involve finding a way to become a part of the body of of Christ. The biggest struggle is often learning how to embrace and learning how to walk in step with what God has already done. Being a pastor for many, many years, I I would hear people come to our worship pastor oftentimes and say, I have the gift of singing. Well, let me tell you something. I had stood very near that person often, and I could verify they did not now the Bible says make a joyful noise and there's nothing wrong with the joyful noise but let me tell you, I knew that person and I, I went to my, my worship pastor and I said, let me, let me give you a clue here. That's not their giftedness. You will need to turn off the microphone if they have it. I heard a girl singing one time Jesus take the wheel and I was saying Jesus take the microphone. Wow. You see when we identify, y'all, y'all have to, this is who I am. I, I love to laugh. Laughter is medicine for the soul. But, but I, I'm, always, I'm always intrigued. I'm always intrigued because people need to identify their spiritual gift or gifts. And I believe it begins by simply stepping up and stepping out in service. Start serving. Start doing whatever, whatever it is that the pastor is asking for. Start right there. Well, well, I don't know if I'm good at it. How do you know that? You haven't ever tried it. You see, when you look for ways to help, when you look for ways to connect, when you look for ways to let others come into your life, when you look for ways to minister and be ministered to, to bless others and to be blessed by others in this local church family, as you do that, God will begin to show you your big toeness, or your femerness or your eyeness or your eyebrowness. Or even your kidney <laughs> I think you get my point. Whatever part of the body that he has made you... I told pastor, I said, God didn't give me good ears. They're big. And this microphone just loves to fall off of this big ear. Because there is just so much there. But he will help you to identify your amazing role for the common good of the body of Christ. And as you do that... You will build up, and you will be built out. And it doesn't that sound wonderful? Yeah. It's I, see, I can take you to to a, a mission in Jeremy Haiti, where the, the CEO of that mission, who is also a pastor. But he will never pastor, he will never preach in a Haitian church because he is raising up young Haitian pastors. And so he works with them during the week. But when it comes to Sunday morning, when it comes to worship service, he wants those Haitian pastors not to rely on him, but for them to be pastoring. And he's in the background praying for those pastors. What a wonderful picture of how the body of Christ builds one another up during the week and and those emerging young leaders. But, But listen, living on purpose within the community of God's people is what it's all about. But don't forget the flip side. As long as you resist that genuine service and that real connection, can I be so bold to tell you, you will struggle. Because you will be trying to live out of step with reality. It'd be like me trying to go down an up escalator. We have five children and one of our boys at one time got away from his mother. And he was was such a a quick little guy that he ran up the escalator. Well, let me tell you, when I tried doing that, it was chaotic and, and it was a fiasco because you can't, you can't get ahead of those steps because they're going this way. That's what a lot of Christians are trying to do. That's what a lot of us try. You see, we need, we need to understand that our steps are going a different direction. But when I accept what God has done and will do, I don't have to fight that anymore. I can get on the escalator, and I can go up, and I can go down, and I can, I can let God take me higher into His purposes, even though... It can be scary for a pastor of many, many years thinking this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a pastor for me to go to agape flights. I am. I am not an aviator. I'm not a technician. Uh, My director of flight operations and our uh, our chief pilot will tell you, you don't want to fly with Alan Spear. (laughs) He's not a good pilot. I love to fly. But that's not why they wanted me to come to agape flights they needed a leader and they needed someone that could lead and vision and see what god was doing now i got to close with this but let me finish this morning by reminding us about a couple of temptations that will entice us away from the reality of life in the body it's a little gross but i'd like to call these things decapitation temptations because they deal with the very reality that we heard in Ephesians chapter four, where we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. And we know that to be Christ. We're the body of Christ, but at the same time, Christ is also the head on that body. That is, he is the one who directs the body. Amen? Amen? He's the one who directs us. So the head is in charge. Though it is not possible in reality, each of us can be tempted to imagine the head severed or disconnected from the body. And this happens, I think, in two ways. First, we can be tempted to just see the head and not the body, and that is to focus on and celebrate and attempt to follow Jesus apart from the body. Remember what we said a while ago? We need each other. Second, we can be tempted to just see the body and not the head. And that is to focus on and celebrate and attempt to deepen our relationships with one another, but with no real reference to Christ. Now, the first decapitation temptation is the temptation to what I call individualistic devotion. The second is the temptation of Christless socializing. And neither is what God designed us for. And neither will lead to growth. We need each other, but we need the head. We need Christ. To the common good, it is only when we are growing in knowing Jesus, we will be growing in knowing one another. Whatever you are with Jesus this morning, the invitation and wherever you are is the same. Come and find connection. Come and find purpose. God has a plan and a design for you. One of the great joys of my life right now that I get to do as the CEO of Agape Flights is that I serve also as the character coach for Venice High School Baseball. And that may not sound like a big deal to you, but for me, that is a tremendous opportunity and, and for those young guys that we have on that, that that very good baseball team. I've served in various capacities as chaplains for uh, college football teams and other sports in, in college, but, but to serve as the high school, the, the, the baseball character coach is one of those things that Every other week now and during our season, I meet with those young guys and I talk to them about uh, who they are in Christ. I had the privilege of taking uh, about 40 of their players and their parents this summer to the Dominican Republic. A Venice High School is a public high school. And so 32 of those parents and the players, out of the 40, think, I think it was 44 that was total went. Came to faith in Christ, and I had the privilege of baptizing them in the Gulf of Mexico. And now we're seeing, yeah, it's so wonderful what the Lord did. And so pray for us. We're going to have a great year. We're going to have a great season. And pray for agape flights. Because wherever you are with Jesus this morning, God wants you to understand how connected you are. May God, by His grace, help every one of us, whether you're a toe or a tibia, whether you're a, you know, a, a liver or a kidney, whether you're the, you're the eyebrow. But, but understand, He helps us live in the reality of the body of Christ, of Jesus Christ, who is revealed in us and is revealed through us. Now, for the next few moments, I want you to watch this video that will help you understand your connectedness to Agape Flights, what that really ministry means and does through not only my words, but the words of missionaries. And before I sit down, I must again reiterate our thankfulness. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for reaching out to me. I would be happy to come to Oregon anytime. I just want to bring my wife so she can see this beautiful, beautiful state. And I've been told you you really haven't seen anything yet. You need to really stay here for a little while and actually see it. And I hope I get another invitation to come and, and to be a part of not only this body, but many bodies in this state. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, We would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you, and have a beautiful day.